I was struck just now um, upstairs with Brad. This is Brad. I'm Catherine. And we were looking through the forms of you all, the form that you sign up when you come here with your name and your practice history in whatever traditions you've been in or not been in. And there's a good number of you here who are new or quite new to practice. Um, and many who are new to silent retreat form. And there are a good number of you who are oldies as well, old timers, and some in between. So to all of you, welcome. Welcome. I want to check if any of you are holding your breath. It's very quiet in here. Sometimes that's because you're very still and, you know, really getting into it already. Sometimes it's because we're going, what's going to happen? You know, what is the silent retreat? What have I actually signed up for? Sometimes people come and they haven't actually read the brochure, um, don't know exactly what you signed up for. And actually, how can you know? How can you really know what you signed up for? We can read about it, but as you all know, reading about things is very different from experiencing things. Sometimes the two can go together. And in practice, in spiritual practice, we make the journey from the intellectual interest in practice, in waking up, in awakening or in stillness or in however we term our interest in being here, right? Whether it's for stillness, whether it's for clarity, whether it's for refuge, whether it's for awakening, there can be a big difference between reading about it, hearing about other people's version of it, and actually experiencing, actually coming to the... Um, making that journey, we could say, from the ideas about life to... This, this you that sits on this cushion, that has come to Gaia House, that has found a bedroom to sleep in and, you know, maybe has a roommate that's had soup for dinner, who actually gets here. And it's begun. You've arrived. This is it. Your body, your mind, your heart your previous practice history or your no previous practice history. What we begin with, what we start with is this. And welcome. Welcome to this. It's not something else, it's this. One of the things our habitual mind does, and you can see if your mind is doing it right now, or see if your mind has ever done this. Has your mind ever done this? Waited for a better moment before you start your life. Have you seen that in your mind? If you've never looked into your mind, you'll probably see it very soon. Where we're postponing, constantly postponing our minds, oh, in a minute. In a minute I'll meditate. In a minute I'll give attention to my heart. In a minute I'll finally arrive. 
And in practice, in any authentic spiritual practice, we're giving up waiting for a better moment than this one. And we make that journey to exactly what is right here and now, this body, this belly, this heart, with its feelings, with its lack of feelings, this mind with its craziness, its spinning, its proliferation, or this mind that's kind of frozen or empty, or this mind that's spacious and bright. We begin here. So all the practices that we will be doing over these next four days together, the sitting meditation, the walking meditation, the qigong, we will begin by arriving where we are. When we arrive where we are, we start to settle. As we start to settle a little bit more, we slow down. As we slow down a little bit more, we can start to see more clearly what is going on. How is it that sometimes this mind spins me, it seems, spins me into pathways or into situations or into results in my mind that I don't want to be in? Have you ever had that situation? Right? Our mind suddenly, you know, we're trying our best, we've got the best intention. But there we are, and our mind has spun out some horrible fantasy that started as a nice fantasy. And there we end up, kind of dumped, feeling horrible, feeling like a victim of our own mind, feeling like a leaf blown in the wind, and not quite having a bearing, not quite understanding, how does this happen? How does this happen? So what is the point of a retreat The point of the retreat is many things, actually. There may be very, very personal reasons for each and every one of you of what brings you here. And they are important, whatever they are. Whether it's... Maybe just ask yourself for a moment. Why are you here? Why are you giving yourself to four days of practice? Do you know why? There may be very personal reasons and we'll look a little bit more at that. But there are also universal principles in a retreat such as this that apply to all of us. And that is that when we stop, when we retreat, when we simplify, when we let go of the things that normally pull and push us. Right? There's nothing wrong with those things, you know, but we're just giving ourselves a little time out from our job, from our roles as partner, mother, daughter.
we slow down, as we slow down, things get a little bit clearer. We can start to discern clearly how this mind works. Not by reading about it. There's a lot of really fantastic things you can read about how the mind works. They're beautiful, many of them. But we can know it for ourselves directly, here and now exactly what happens. And this is where wisdom is born. Wisdom is born through seeing clearly what are the pathways that lead to more suffering and what are the pathways that lead toward happiness. And we could read about those. We might even have a good philosophy about those. But I'm sure many of you have had the experience also where you know a lot. You know a lot, but that doesn't stop you in the moment doing something that you know better, right? So there's something where wisdom is born through complete direct contact with where we are. And we can understand for ourselves and have more choice in the pathways that lead towards suffering and the pathways that lead away from suffering. So it's very practical, actually. And the wisdom is then our ability to live through that understanding, to live from that understanding. And as we live a little bit more from that understanding, we settle more, we start to see more clearly, and the process can unfold toward more happiness, more truth, more freedom, actually. I think I need to cosy up next to Catherine a bit more so we don't have this thing happening with the microphone all the time. So felt like it was quite a big space this time. It's a big space. It's a big space. So I'd like to welcome you all to this retreat to Guy House and to this particular retreat which Catherine and I were just trying to remember how how many years we've been teaching this retreat together and we've forgotten. I think it is totally a sign of old age. It's not about a sign of being in the moment. We just have forgotten. And um, we're upstairs just talking about what do we want to do with you all these next few days. And it's not like we've got a pre-planned package yeah, we, we don't really know what's going to happen these next few days. That could be quite comforting to some of you and quite scary to others. We don't know. We've got a framework, we've got a schedule, which you may have seen. And yet, for me, the real heart of spiritual practice is it's, it's creative. Life is creative. And that creativity is something about the fundamental not knowing what the next moment will bring. Even on the schedule it says 9.30 this and 10.45 that. When we're there we don't really know what that moment's going to bring. 
And I'd like to, I'll keep reminding us during these days to come back to that not knowing. To come back to the, just giving the space to not really having it all nailed down. Because we haven't. And uh, we were talking, and Catherine said, well, what is Qigong? He's just kind of, I don't know if being provocative or just trying to kind of get me to wake up a bit in the evening. We said, what, what is Qigong? What, 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 what is the intention on this retreat? Yeah, so it's like for us, in having taught together for many years, it's like to bring a freshness. And for those of us that have been here on retreat many times, bring a freshness. And that freshness is the not knowing. And that freshness is the beginner's mind. So to let go how it has been in the past, being here on retreat. If you've practiced Qigong before, let let go how that practice was. And that gives us space for now to really fully show itself. And we say this is a retreat, and the word for me is kind of really evocative word. We've retreated from the everyday in its form, in its what we do every day, whether it's the work or our family or whatever we do on the everyday level. We've physically left that behind. And we've come to this environment, this place, this center, which is dedicated to supporting us in waking up to now, just as it is. So we've retreated from our daily life and we've arrived here. The next step is to fully engage with this moment, to fully receive this moment, to wholeheartedly embrace this experience of being here. We're not seeking some spiritual, rarefied, higher state. We're interested in waking up to this human being that we are, this unique human being that we each are, individually crafted by life. And we're interested in some of the fundamental similarities and some of the kind of the base truths that each and every one of us knows, that each and every one of us experiences. So it's both that individual uniqueness and the fact that we're in the same boat together. And on that level, we're not separate. We're unique and we're together. So the intention for the retreat is very much about, like Catherine was saying, about really just dropping into 
and arriving into here. A moment to moment here. And for me, from a, a particularly from a, a perspective of Qigong, that's very much about arriving in this form, in this body. And yet, it is, it is a movement for most of us down, because most of the time, we're upstairs. We're in more the mental realm. And the mental realm has more relationship with ideas and concepts and belief. So we're not, we're not going to be teaching ideology. We're not teaching conceptualization. There's enough belief out there. What we're interested in is helping each and every one of us make that shift. To trust enough to drop. It takes a lot of courage. If we're honest, it takes it's one of the most courageous things that we can do. Is, and we can't do it. That's the kind of the funky conundrum. We can't make that happen, but we can allow, we can encourage, we can drop out of idea and into direct knowing, into direct experience. This is the intention here, to really wake up in this experience as it is. It takes the courage and cur in French is heart. It takes a big heart to drop from the mental into the experiential and to know it as it is. This is the invitation for each of us here. It's only in that dropping can we directly experience This wondrous, this extraordinary gift of this human life. So the Qigong practice is very much a body-based practice. So a lot of bringing awareness to body, a lot of movement of body. A lot of taking different <coughs> postures with the body. And initially it's very much about that sense of grounding. That, again, that kind of letting go of ideology coming into actuality of the body. We'll spend quite a lot of time in our feet, in our legs, in our bellies, maybe even in our hearts. Just kind of dropping into the form of body. Just getting to experience it, getting to know it. Maybe for the first time in a life. And in that process of coming into body, there's often an emptying out. I just want to name that as part of the territory. There's an emptying out of mind, idea, belief. Emptying out of body, tension, stress. Holding. That's just a natural part of the practice. And we'll do, um, actually in China where Qigong comes from, 
the, uh, they never say that they're going to do Qigong. It's always, you're going to play Qigong. So we're going to play some Qigong here, which really helps us connect to that more uh, innocent, again, that kind of beginner's mind, the innocent aspect of the practice. And also, sometimes we might even get pretty silly. It's kind of one of the um, flavors I really enjoy in the Qigong practice. It gives us this, uh, what's the word? It gives us this opportunity and this permission just to play and just loosen up and lighten up. And like spiritual practice doesn't have to be something so heavy. So to really let the, so allowing and letting go through the, the Qigong just to free up, empty out. And it just creates more space. Yeah? And it's in that space that our awakeness can really come through. That sense of presence can really shine. And also, on a more mundane level, there can be more vitality, more aliveness, more energy. And the great thing is, we don't have to try and make that happen. The more we try, the more things shut down. The more we let go, the more things open up. So, many, many thousands of forms now of Qigong. Again, if you've practiced Qigong in the past, whether it's on retreat here or any other kind of forms, really ask you just to kind of let that go for now and engage with what we're doing here. And I'd like to think that what we're offering here in the Qigong is just the real heart of the practice. It's less, and it's not about directing, certainly not about directing energy. It's not trying to get rid of anything. Certainly not about pushing or forcing ourselves through anything. It's not about holding. It's about resting. It's not about directing. It's about opening as things are. Many different ways of working with Qigong. So what I'd like to offer here is, is more of a being practice. It's really what the, the heart of the practice is. If you really distill it to its essence, it's a being with things as they are. So, I don't know, for some of you that might be profoundly disappointing. If you come here and really kind of want to really get stuck in and get really kind of, yeah! Because there's some forms of Qigong which are kind of more martial and kind of more forceful in that way. So this might be a challenge to kind of go to the other. To really, it is about in the, one of the, the classic texts of Chinese medicine and Qigong said that the soft and the weak overcome the hard and the strong. That softness melts through hardness. That quality of water over time eroding rock. 
It's that quality that we can really sometimes sense in the body of just a melting through and things falling away. Not through a push, but through an opening. And in the Qigong practice, we'll have different practices the morning. Um, not tomorrow morning, because uh, we don't want to start you off too early. So we're, we're not got any formal practice before breakfast. But um, every other morning, before breakfast, we'll do some very v- more vigorous Qigong, really just to get the body physically going, using the breath and using kind of very strong movement, just to kind of really free up the body. The rest of the practice on the retreat is much more of a gentle practice. Yeah. So after breakfast we'll have a, a Qigong session. We'll use the whole space so there'll be more play and a chance just to kind of really just loosen up and free up. And the intention with the practice after lunch is we're going to break the, the afternoon into shorter sessions and just do short sessions. Often we teach like 45 minute or an hour sessions but we're going to break it up into shorter sitting and qigong just to kind of free up the form a little and just see where that goes part of kind of just exploring more creative element with the practice okay I'll pass you over So how are you doing with your bodies? Do you want to move yet? That was a question. (laughs) Should we move a little bit now? Yeah. He's the movement guy. (laughs) Okay, so we stand up. So, um, really we should grade you so that the small ones at the front and tall ones at the back, but hey, we're not going to do that. So if you, if you find it's hard to see, there's plenty of space here at the front. So just come up to the front if you're finding it hard to see. And uh, we're just going to loosen up, so just free up your body like this. We're not going to get very technical, it's more just about loosening And in the moving, just having a sense of your feet and the contact through your body, through your feet to the ground. And as you move, let your body respond, let your body free up. We'll take a few deeper breaths. So breathe in through your nose, out through your mouth. And again. A few more. And again, some stepping, stamping. Just more freely. With the sense each time you step, it's a connection to the ground. It's an opportunity to let your body go, your body weight go. Okay. 
Don't know if we've got enough room for this. We'll try this. Try this one. Okay, and then just more freely like this. <coughs> Bouncing. Have your feet about shoulder width. Bouncing is like you're bouncing through. So it's like you're emptying your shoulders through your hips, through your knees, through your feet into the ground. And again, just free up your breathing. So into your nose, out through your mouth. And again. And again. Imagine your upper body empties, your chest can empty, your belly can empty. Open your arms like this. It's like you're opening your elbows. Open your eyes. Breathe through your nose into your brain. Breathe out. Move around a little bit. Again, bouncing. Clear intention, like your weight just going through your body. Open the gesture like this. It's like you're airing out the sides of the body, opening. You open your eyes, breathe into your brain. And again. And again. Just moving. Yeah, why not? Let's try this one again. You can do this one as well if you like. Okay, one more time. Bouncing. Getting clear. Clear focus that you're bouncing through. So it's not just your shoulders bouncing, it's not just your hips bouncing, your whole body bounces and you're bouncing through shoulders, hips, knees, feet. Imagine your feet can open. And it's like your arms just want to open, so open, open like this. Open the hands, open your eyes, breathe into your brain. And again. One more time. Free it up.
Okay, a bit of shaking this time. Unlock your knees. Soften your belly. Hopefully it's not too full of soup. Soften your belly. Imagine you've got this really long tail. Really long tail. Shake your tail. Shake your hands, shake your hips. Okay, shake your shoulders. Shake up and down. Okay, and deep breath. Breathe into your belly, through your nose. Breathe out. Again, so shaking, feet about shoulder width, just unlock your knees so you're not bracing your knees, unlock your knees so you can feel your feet. If you can, have a sense of softening here, softening the belly, shaking the hips, shaking your tail, shaking your hands. So with the Qigong, whenever we're practicing, really listening to your body, you might find that you need to modify, so you might need to actually make the movement more vigorous or <coughs> less vigorous. So it's really listening and respecting your body, you include your shoulders, so your hips and your shoulders together. Shake our jaws. Shake your jaw. Gently, this bouncing, so less, less physical. Just feel like a, it's more just like a shaking down. Okay, again, just open arms like this. Open elbows. Open hands. Oh. <gasps> 
as much as you can, really feeling the effect, feeling the response internally. So we've got the movement, we've got the gesture, the arms. <coughs> then it's just simply sensing, feeling the response in and through your body, however that is. open the gesture a bit more. It's like each kind of bounce is a invitation to the weight in the body to free up, empty out. Okay, let the hands come down. Let the bouncing just come to stillness. Just bring your awareness into the sense of your body. More of a sense like a awareness of your whole body. Like let your attention, your awareness open and fill your whole body from inside with your awareness. <coughs> Sensing, feeling, however this is for your body. Very simple, it could be as simple as just warmth or tingling, vibration, ease, looseness, tightness, heaviness. <coughs> it's opening to that. And then simply resting in this experience of your body however it is. Seeing if you can stay with this experience of your body and just making a transition from standing to sitting, sitting back down.
Some tired people here tonight. So just to let you know the intention for the evening is that we'll speak just a little bit more each. We'll have a, a very short sitting to end the evening. Five, ten minutes or so. Then it's bedtime. Tomorrow morning, the has the schedule been put up already? No. So you'll see it when you go out. I'll just tell you what that looks like for tomorrow morning. So you can just orient to the last portion of the evening. Um, tomorrow, who who here is the wake-up bell ringer? And who is the first practice session bell ringer? That's the 6.30 bell ringer, 6.23. Same person. Oh, you do the same. Okay, you do it in uh, chunks. You're off duty for those first two. Tomorrow morning we won't have a wake-up bell and we won't have a first practice session bell. So that tomorrow morning, those of you who need to rest can sleep in a little bit longer. Okay, the first bell you will hear tomorrow morning will be the breakfast bell at 7.30. If you want breakfast, get up. Okay. Um, the subsequent mornings, we will have a wake-up bell at 6 and a practice session of Qigong in here at 6.30 and a sitting in here at 7, right? But tomorrow, it's Friday, probably lots of you had a big journey here. There's a lot of tired people. So rest in the morning if you need to. There will be an optional sitting tomorrow morning at 7 o'clock, but there will be no bell rung for it. But do come into the hall then or before if you wish. A little bit more about the schedule later. So a couple of things I want to add for tonight. One is just a, a very brief orientation of the practices. This retreat is called Stillness and Movement, Insight Meditation and Qigong. For the most part, I am the Insight Meditation teacher and Brad is the Qigong teacher. Right? Traditionally, um, the insight meditation comes from the Buddhist tradition, and not traditionally, it does come from the Buddhist tradition, um, of 2,600 years of the teachings and practices of a man, a human being, Siddhartha Gautama, who practiced and woke up. And we'll talk more about what waking up means and what it looks like and how it's available for all of us. Um, and the practice of insight meditation is a practice that he taught to his monks and nuns for the most part. He offered many, many teachings, but this is a particular practice that was for those who could for a poor, uh, dedicate some time to looking deeply into the meditative, contemplative aspects of practice. And over the days, I will give instruction and guidance around that practice. Brad will speak more about Qigong. It's from, as he mentioned, from China. They probably 2,600 years ago back in India, these were not a married pair, all right? The insight meditation and Qigong. We're fortunate these days to have exposure to many things. And for us in our practice, these two work together particularly well. 
Um, and we'll say more about that, and you can see for yourself how that works over the days. But just to give you a little orientation on the map of where that comes from. Okay, so one of the ways the Buddha talked about the path of awakening, and I mean, maybe I should just say a little bit about what, what, what awakening is. Awakening, waking up really to who and what we are. Not our idea of who we are or who our culture or our family or our own mind tells us we are. But something that is more perennial, a perennial depth understanding of what it is to be a human being. Waking up from the sleep, the sleep that has us kind of drifting around in our life, thinking we know what it's about, what its meaning is, what its significance is, but not necessarily understanding fully the depth and the significance of what it is to be a human being. More, Again, more on that later, but the path, the Buddha spoke about the path of waking up, and in a way he expressed it very simply as the path of the ending of suffering, basically to be in this sleep of our notions about reality is actually a form of suffering from the either the gross versions of suffering to the existential kind of irritation of not quite being at home where we are and the path he said i teach one thing only and it's suffering and the end of suffering so everything that we do here is in the service of seeing deeply what that actually means what does that actually mean? One way he described the path is in three tiers, if you like. In the original language called sila, samadhi and panya. Sila is the ethical aspect of the path. Where we take care of our actions of our body, speech and mind as a bedrock, as a foundation and as a training for the mind to settle. The ethics supports the samadhi, which is the settling, a mind that is, um, you, I'm sure you all know for yourself, but when there's less kind of turbulence from our actions, you know, if I've basically, if I've just done something really unskillful, it leaves a lot of turbulence in my mind, right? When we take care of the ethical aspect, it allows the mind to settle more. And that's a training. You don't have to be, it's not about being good or better or holy or spiritual. It's about recognizing there's a kind of lawfulness to it. If I act from a wholesome intention, actually the result is wholesome. The result is in accordance with the nature of things. And it allows the mind to settle. So it's very practical. It's very... Um, it's kind of quite scientific. You can see it for yourself. It's not about trying to be uh, better or good. It's about really seeing how this works. So we take care of the ethical dimension, and that's a training. We don't have to come perfectly ethical. It's a training. It's a training. From that, the mind can settle more. The mind of non-regret can settle and arrive. And from there, that, then there's the panya, the wisdom, the wisdom born of seeing deeply. So I want to speak just about that first aspect, the ethical aspect. For the 
purposes of our four days on retreat, we ask you all to take on five ethical precepts. Um, and I'll tell you what they are. Some of you are very, very familiar. Those who are very familiar with these precepts, please just take them on and see where you are with them now. See where they strike you, where they speak to you, where they don't speak to you, what your relationship is with the um, precepts at the moment. And for those for whom it might be the first time to hear them, they are... They provide a number of functions. One is that they support this community of our four days together. You, us, supports this place to be a refuge, supports this place to be a sanctuary where beings can kind of breathe out and go, ah, okay, I'm safe, safer here. I'm safe here. There's another level to which we're training with these precepts. We see where the mind habitually... um, does want to push things away or annihilate things that are in the way or act harmfully, right? And there's a way we can train with them to see the effect on the mind when we train with these precepts. And it, it, it's, there's a, a direct correlation for the mind being able to, to rest, actually. So the guidelines are these. The first one is to refrain from harming or killing any living creatures while you're here. Um, mostly... That's not a problem. It's, it's also t- kind of taking care around that with if you're veggie chopping, sometimes you find small snails in the leeks. You know, you get leeks from the garden probably at the moment. There's usually small snails inside. You know, taking care with the life that's there. So that this place is a sa- as much as we're able, a sanctuary for all beings to kind of, ah, right, I can be here. And it is remarkable, some of the beings that you meet here, those have been on retreat before, they, they respond, they relax in the garden a little bit more. The rabbits and the birds and the, even the cows nearby. I know some of you have had you know, nice encounters with the cows nearby. The second guideline is to not take things that aren't offered. So that's just a training to that acquisitive aspect of your, of your mind. Have you ever seen that one? It's like, I want some of that. Give me that, right? And just to take care around that, that if it's not our property, not to take it. And it's a, it's a really a great training precept. I, I, for myself, had a kind of grew up with a, it was fair game to take somebody's shampoo in the shower. You know, it's not terribly, you know, it's not a big crime. It's not a major ethical impingement, you know, of, of, of infringement. But just training with that precept, just seeing the mind that wants to kind of like have something for nothing and just relaxing with that, breathing out, letting go. It's actually quite beautiful that those um, sort of itchy impulses which we have in our mind can relax. We don't have to feed the itchy impulses, not because that makes us bad if we do, but because we're interested in calming and wisdom, and this is a foundation for that. It's very beautiful. So this is not taking things that aren't offered to us. Third one is uh, around speech to, for the purposes of the retreat, it will be silence, noble silence, a silence that is ennobling for us, allows us to relax, to 
not have to define ourselves through our speech or telling people who we are, but to ennoble ourselves through re- relaxing the verbal formation. It's not, that's not an ethical issue, as you can probably tell. Speaking is not an ethical infringement. The, the ethical part or the precept part is when we do speak, to speak to the best of our ability that which is true, as true as we know it, as true as we're able, that is not divisive or harsh, right? so that we take care around the speech. Fourth precept is uh, refraining for the retreat, refraining from intentional sexual activity. In daily life, the precept is not causing not causing harm through sexuality. Right for the retreat, just that impulse can be can be a beautiful and wonderful energy in our life, but it can be very consuming also. To let that relax, that impulse, that drive, to give it room to breathe out, to not act from that. Again, allowing us to breathe out and relax. Fifth ethical precept, to not take alcohol or drugs, anything that intoxicates or clouds the mind while you're here. Um, It's kind of obvious one, really. It's so easy to be heedless. So easy to forget our deepest intention when we're clouded. I'm sure we all know that somewhere. So please take these on, train with them, use them, see what your response is, you know, what your reactions are, and um, yeah, see for yourself for these four days. Coming towards, towards the end of this part of the evening, I just wanted to add a couple of things to what Catherine was saying. And around the, um, it's being a silent retreat, just to also give some attention to um, coming and going in the hall. Because as we kind of settle in here, and this becomes quite a, a silent and still environment, the coming and going can sometimes seem quite noisy. And even sometimes just on this carpet, like if you've got woolen socks, you can, it's almost like Velcro. Like as a <laughs> yeah, so just, just being aware of, of the impact that we have through noise of clothing and coming and going. And uh, just on the coming and going, in the hall we ask you to arrive for each period on time or early and to stay as much as you can throughout the whole session. If you need to go because there's an emergency, that is fine. But please do not, do not go just because you need a drink or because you've just got a faint urge to go to the loo. Really aim and intend to stay throughout the whole session. Um, and with the silence, particularly if you know someone here, it's, it's really tempting just to kind of say, oh, how are you doing? Or leave a note saying, God, what did you make a lunch? Or... You know, what the hell were they talking about last night in the Dharma talk? Please just just really don't go there. One of the biggest gifts in friendship that we can give here to someone on retreat is just to not engage in that way, 
to really let someone come into their own space. And that's a lot of what the precepts are really pointing to, is a drawing our attention back here. Yeah, and so much in our life, especially conversation, it's one, it can be wonderful and enlivening and enriching and connecting. Also sometimes it's how we lose ourselves. So just really noticing if you've got that urge to contact a friend here and just come back. If you're concerned about anybody here, a friend, a loved one or anybody on the retreat, leave us a note or a note for the managers and we'll follow that up. It's not your responsibility to have to take care of anybody on the retreat. We also ask on, on this kind of level as well, um, please leave your mobile phones off. If you have given your mobile phone number as a contact in emergency, please let the managers know. Oh, they're called coordinators. Uh, it's taken me a few years to get to that, to remember that. Let, let the coordinators know and just send I don't know, a text, if there's someone particularly, just let them know, call the coordinators at Guy House and leave a number. So you don't have to be checking your phone every day. It can be so distracting. And, you you know, just another way of just coming back to myself, leaving, letting that go, letting go that need to be contacting the out, outer world. It'll still be there when you leave. And... um just around reading, we really suggest not to kind of get involved in novels and books and another way of just not taking our focus out. Yeah. And with journal writing, if you find that there's been something particular that's touched you, and you want to make a note, please, that's fine, but keep it simple. Don't write reams and chapters and a, a whole essay on something. And we ask that you don't take notes in the hall. It can be really distracting. But if you found there's something that you want to just jot down in the privacy of your own room, that's fine, but really just a sentence. And again, this is really as a support for us to come back. It's not that any of that is bad or wrong or you shouldn't do it. It's just ways that we can easily start to go out. And what we're interested here is a coming back, is a returning back. And really the atmosphere, the environment here, is one of simplicity. Yeah, so there's not a lot of stimulation, there's not a lot of notices up and signs up and paintings. Again, it's, it's just very intentional just to so that we're not kind of going out. You might find yourself, if you're really starved of input, standing around by the notice board, memorizing all the different notices there. If you notice that, just, just recognize, yeah, you just, you know, you're needing some input. And uh, I'd suggest going standing outside with a tree or, or just coming back, coming back to the experience of your body. It's just a habit that we have. And we're so bombarded with information in our culture. That's just a habit of the mind to kind of be out there chewing on it.
And yeah, an encouragement over the few days just to find a way of kind of slowing down. There's a certain momentum that we all will have with us. It's inevitable. How the speed and how we live our lives has an impact and we bring that here. It's inevitable. But just having an intention to slow down, not react to every impulse to get up in the middle of the sitting and go and make yourself a cup of tea or barley cup or whatever it is. So we can begin to notice those reactions, those impulses that take us away from the moment. And just really slowing down and easing into retreat. Really opening into this retreat. And I I know for myself, and I think for many of us, there's a transition that happens here. Especially this evening, it's often my... We can get quite tired. It's a transition. And the transition tonight and sleeping and a transition tomorrow morning. And just really being kind in that transition. Don't force, don't push. Really being gentle with oneself as we can ease into, as we engage with life on retreat. You don't look so tired now. Look quite awake. Before we end, I want you to reflect on your personal reasons for coming. All right. What brings you here? Why now? Is it because you particularly want to come to the Qigong retreat and insight meditation? Is it because this was a good time of year for you? Is it because someone else sent you here, said it would be good for you? Why do this with a four-day long, extra-long weekend? What is the personal meaning and significance for you in coming? And let the words come, let the concepts arise. What is it? Is it that you want to stop in your life? You can see the momentum that kind of has us spinning and getting busy. Is it that you need to stop? Is it that you love to practice? For some of you who are new, that may not have any bearing, but some of you old-timers, is it because you love to practice or you don't love to practice but you know it's good for you? Is it because there's a period of suffering in your life right now and you need refuge and perspective? Is it because you're curious? Like, what happens if I spend four days on my own in silence? And the reason I want you to reflect personally, and, it, and you may not know, actually, you may have just felt drawn or compelled or pushed. Right? The reason I want you to reflect is because knowing our motivation 
and being clear about what it is that's moving us supports us greatly. So many of our actions in our life, I can't speak for you, but you can see if this is true for you, can be driven by a movement and a momentum, and we're not exactly sure what it is. Very often it's for, for more pleasure and away from pain, but it's not quite conscious. And we are, as beings, we have much more potentiality than just being driven by those very base impulses of towards more pleasure and away from pain. Natural as they are. Natural as they are. That there's something in a human being that does call us deeper than that. Because actually we see the, the, the suffering that causes when we're just trying to get more of that and push some of that away. We get tight and spun out. So what is it for you? And just take a breath right now and just see if any responses come. What brings you here now? And let the first responses be there. It may not be articulated in your mind yet. You might not know. Keep breathing and staying with the question, what brings you here? In one Tibetan text it says, everything rests on the tip of motivation. What is our motivation follows through into our intention and that conditions the result. Knowing our motivation is powerful, gives us also more choice and more freedom about where we place our attention. What is it we want to cultivate and what is it that we don't want to cultivate in our life? And there isn't a right motivation for coming. All of your motivations are, are welcome. They can clarify over time, but let them be here. Find out what they are. Sometimes it's desperation. It's desperation that gets many people to, to the path, actually. Not everybody. It's like there must be something else other than this crazy mind. And if it's helpful for you tonight, you can take one of the little pieces of notepaper and just jot down a few of the things that are personal to you of what brings you here. And if you want to let Brad or I know, if you want to articulate it on paper and have someone look at it, leave it for us and we'll read it. We won't read it out loud here. But we'll, it will be heard. Sometimes articulating our response and having it heard is very important. So what brings you here? And let that question percolate a little bit tonight. Get it current. You know, those of you who have done many retreats, let it become really current. What is the current motivation? It changes over time if we stick with a path. It can change. 
it may be expressed in very universal terms that you're really practicing for the benefit of all beings that you understand something about as you work with your own mind and let go, letting go happens, that that has a direct bearing on this entire life. It may be very personal. Let them all be here. They're all relevant. Okay, so have a breath and we'll end with a very short sitting tonight. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.